Well, good morning, Family Church. Uh, we are so excited to be able to share with you this morning. My name's Sean, this is Paula, my beautiful wife, and we're pastors here at Family Church. Um, this morning we thought it would be really good, rather than just going on to the next message, we've had such an incredible month in January, so much depth, so much teaching, that we thought it's time to pause, time to take a moment just to reflect on what has been said. So. Me and Paula are both going to do that this morning um, and we hope you'll be able to get your notebook out and, and pause with us and, and, and take that time to look through what, what, has been, what has been said. Awesome. Yeah, what an incredible um, four weeks we've had. The month of January has mm. been so good and I'm so thankful that as a church we have been on a journey of prayer and fasting together. And, you know, as we know, when we're fasting, we push our soul to the side, we push distractions, we quiet our soul and God's voice can seem so much louder and it really does create an awakening in us. And over January, these messages have just been some, too good to just go past. So we're going to unpack that this morning and just speak a little bit about what God's been doing in mm. our hearts over the last month. I think for me, one of the first things that spoke to me was about being vulnerable before the Lord. Mm. Pastor <clears throat> Andy spoke about intimacy and it's a message that you can listen to and think to yourself, Yep, I've given my life to Jesus. Of course, I'm intimate with you. You know, I love you, Lord. But I had to pause and really think to myself, God, am I revealing everything to you? Have I really laid my life down before you? And when I was first a Christian, so about, oh, about 15 years ago, maybe <laughs> a long time now, when I was a first a Christian, vulnerability used to be so hard for me. It was such a hard thing for me to do. And if I'm 100% honest, it was because I was very lukewarm in my intimacy with God. I was very lukewarm in my faith. And that meant if I was intimate with God, it, I had to admit I was living a double life and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, pushed back a little bit and didn't give God my all. So instead, God wasn't part, of, wasn't my life. He was just simply part of it. He was on the side of it. And looking back, I realised that when you're lukewarm, you're of no use to the kingdom of God. Mm. You're of no use to anyone. You have one half of you wanting the promises of God. And then you've got the other half of you wanting to go back to your old ways. And it just doesn't work. You can't help anyone. You can't lead anyone to Christ. You can't tell anyone about the goodness of God. And it's simply because you're not experiencing it yourself. Mm. But this time, you'd be glad to know, <laughs> this time in January, when I heard that message about awakening, it didn't make me want to run and hide from God. Mm. Instead, it made me want to just lay myself before God and say, God, what areas of my life do I need to be awakened? Yeah. What areas have, of my life have begun to fall asleep? And I'll never forget when I was awakened for the very first time, when I truly made the decision to be all in for God. I wanted others to know about Jesus. Mm. You see, someone who is awakened, they've got something to say and they've yeah. got people to tell. In the Bible, you read about countless people who, were, who had encounters with Jesus. And what did they do? They wanted others to experience it too. And so I think for me, over the last month, a fresh passion for God's house, yes, a fresh passion for others to know about Jesus has just been bubbling up in the inside of me. 
And I just think if you're unsure on whether you're awakened to the things of God, ask yourself, do you want others to know about Jesus or are you happy to keep him as a secret? That's really good. Awesome. Well, that's incredible. And what I love is that same message, but different people will always get different things because God challenges us in different ways. And I love that. And for me, um, when Pastor Andy spoke on the first week regarding the awake and the sleeping, I think it was just an incredible. I think the whole month has been so good. I mean, I say to Paula, I think this has been like the best start of a year I think I've ever had. There's been such good teaching. Um, and the bit that really stood out for me was when Pastor Andy said that only a person that's awake can wake others up. And I think I stopped at that moment and thought, wow, that is actually really simple, but so true. How can I expect a sleepy, tired person to be able to wake others up. I just remember, I'm reminded as well when I think of this with my own children, you know, they do not need encouragement to wake up in the morning. Five o'clock, they're up jumping on you. And I'm like reminded of them, you know, they, 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 all three of them, Amelia, Charlotte, Jeremiah, they are alert at five o'clock. And it reminded me, actually, you need to be awake. How can a tired, sleepy person do anything to wake anyone else up? And I want to share the scripture, Romans 13, 11 to 14, that Pastor Andy shared. Um, and it says, and do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness, not in lust, not in strife, not in envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. I love this. What's it saying? Let go of the worldliness. Put on Christ. Walk. It's time to wake up. And I just felt inspired when I heard this scripture. How can I wake someone else up to Christ if I'm asleep to Christ? That's a really good question. And all these questions I'm asking myself, again, this is our own points that we want to chew on together. And in my own life, what does it mean to be asleep? Well, then that requires me to look at the mirror of my life and think, well, what's going on in my world? Am I distracted? Am I not really concentrating on things? Am I desiring the things of God? These are all really key questions that I've been asking myself throughout this month. It's real shake up. And, you know, we just go on with life sometimes, don't we? And just kind of get on with the normality of it. But without realising it, sometimes we can slowly drift away from the things of God. We think we're all right with God, but actually we've fallen asleep to the things, to the heart of God. And Pastor Annie so incredibly spoke about the kiss of a prince, like in the, in the fairy tale films, in the Disney films, you know, um, Sleeping Beauty. That's the right one, isn't it, Paula? It is. I got it wrong. <laughs> I didn't realise. Sleeping Beauty. Paula's better at the Disney films than I am. Um, when it's always a prince that awakens the princess and... It's the kiss of the prince, which is the touch of the Holy Spirit in our lives that's going to awaken us to the things of God. And one of these scriptures that I, I always love to stand on is Ephesians 5, 18 to 19. And it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs amongst yourself and making music to the Lord in your heart. And do you know what? For me, that says don't get caught up in worldliness. Don't be filled with all what they're doing. Instead, we've got a better way now. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, isn't that such an amazing thing that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit? What a blessing that is. And so for me, 
to stay awake. I need to, there's a few things that I need to do in my life. And I'm sure you'll agree, maybe there's things in your life, but it's to be reading my Bible daily. Not, not just out of religious duty, tick the box, but really intimately with that intimacy to, to, to get to know God. Asking God to fill me daily with the Holy Spirit. You know, he, he isn't going to withhold that from us. Oh, you've had your dose, you've had enough. I'm not giving you any more. He will let his spirit fall upon you if you desire it. And praying and communicating with God daily. Isn't that something we just got to do? Speaking to God, you know. If me and Paula stopped speaking, our relationship would slowly drift away. But it's through communication that a relationship grows and we're awake to each other, you know. And I had this re- really key picture when um, I was going through this word of a hungry person, someone who is starving for food. Now, would we require that person to go out and feed hungry people? No, we would get the person filled They would be full up first before they had any desire to want to go and feed anyone else. And I'm reminded of myself, am I full up? Am I full up? Am I awoken to the things of God? Because if not, I'm going to be useless to to anyone else. And I'm reminded again, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6 says this. So be on your guard, not asleep like others. Stay alert and be clear headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armour of faith and love and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. I love this. Again, it's clearly saying don't be caught up in those other things, those things that are going to send you to sleep. They're going to take away your time and your passion for God. Be on guard and not asleep like them. Stay alert and clear-headed. I love that. So whenever I allow these things to get in the way of me growing closer to God, slowly I'm going to drift away, isn't it? It's, it's a natural thing. And the enemy, this is the last thought I'd like to share on this. The enemy loves this because if you're asleep, what good are you to the kingdom of God? What good can we be if we are asleep to Christ? He's got you where he wants you. You're cornered, you're asleep, lovely, you're no use. But really that made me think, wow, I want to be awake. I want to be a sword for God, a weapon, being able to be used. I don't just want to be someone who's asleep. So, yeah, I mean, again, two very different points that we kind of got, but I just think they will encourage us all. And maybe at home you might have some different points from this, and that's good too, but, yeah, Paula. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I'm like, God, wake us up. Wake us all up as a church so we can be effective in the kingdom of God. Um, when we were talking about, you know, living consecrated and Pastor Annie was unpacking about being set apart, I think for me it was such a simple point that kind of hit my heart, which was knowing that I belong to God, mm. that my life is not my own. Yeah. And in this world, you know, we've got so many rights. In this world, our feelings can often make us think we have a right to live, the, uh, live our lives the way we want to. <laughs> And it can also make us make us see our lives that if we want us to belong to God, we see as a negative thing of, okay, God, I belong to you, but surely I should be able to do what I want to do as well. But that's not the case. It's actually the most beautiful thing ever to belong to God. 
it's not a bad thing. It's the best thing we can do with our lives. Mm. And come on, for a moment, think of what our lives were like when we when we weren't walking with Christ. Yeah. I know for me, the world did nothing for mm. me. It enslaved me. Yeah. It bound me. It gave me moment, momentary pleasure that left me empty. Yeah. It did nothing to satisfy me. It did nothing to fill me up. And now God, on the other hand, he filled me up to the point of overflowing. He brought peace into my life. He made me know deep within my bones that I am loved with him. Yes, yeah, good. And so when we give our lives to God and we give it all to him, we have to remember who we're giving it to. Mm. We're giving it to a good God, yes, a God who loves us and has good things for our life. In Psalms 34 verse 8, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And in the Passion Translation, it reads it like this. Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who turn to hide themselves in him. And oh, I love those verses because once you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you want him in your life. Mm, you want yeah. more of him. You know, you get to a point where you're like, God, I trust you more. I believe in you more. I want you to have every part of my life. It's good. And I like at that point, it's like, you know, when I was um, listening to that message again, it was like, God, do you know what? I believe deep within my heart that you love me and that you care for me. I believe that you sent your son to die for me. How could I withhold my life from you? Yeah. How could I do it? So it's, really it's a question, I think, for me, what I had to do was that, God, do you have all of my life? Mm. And I remember over, just throughout all of January, really, laying my life as an offering before God, saying, Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done in my life. And practically what that looked like for me was saying to God, my time is now your time. That yes, my good. time is no longer my own of, oh, I want to do this today. Yeah. I give it wholly to you. And I guess being in lockdown takes away that excuse. <laughs> but often a common excuse to not live consecrated is I have no time. It's I'm too busy with the kids. I'm too busy with work. I'm too busy with church. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. <laughs> but that excuse is God, everyone. Because yeah. when we give the Lord our lives, he becomes our priority. Everything else comes after him. It's good. And do you know what? If you give your rights to God, if you say, God, take it all, it means you give him your time as well. And you might be saying, oh, but I've got so much going on. Do you know what? If God's your priority, yeah. you'll make time for him. It's really good. If he really is your priority, you know, during prayer and fasting, <laughs> it, it made me realise when you're hungry, you make time to eat. It doesn't matter how busy you are. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You make the time to sit down and eat. Or you yeah. might be rushing and eating, but you still make the time. Yeah. And we have to do it with God. I think it's time like for me to say, God, no matter how busy my day looks, no matter what crazy this is going on in my world, I will make time for you. That's good. I will give you my time. That's really good, Paula. Yeah. You know, God deserves our time, yeah. doesn't he? He really does. And um, we can come up with all kinds of excuses sometimes regarding why we can't. But there really isn't 
an excuse. Um, and just to carry, carry on from that as well, you know, regarding being set apart, um, I'm just going to read the, the scripture again. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. And you know what? It got me thinking again when listening to this, as God always does. He brings stuff to our attention, does he? Were our lives ever our own? It's a good thought. Were they ever our own? Did we ever live in such a way that our lives were our own? Um, you know, when we read we don't belong to ourselves, especially for people that aren't saved, they think, oh, that's Christianity, isn't it? You can't do anything. It's, you, you've got to hand everything over. And, and this is one of those scriptures. We don't belong to ourselves. But actually, we have more of a choice now than before because when we knew Christ, before we knew Christ, we were subject to the kingdom of darkness. And this is the deception of it. We actually still didn't belong to ourselves. We served a purpose, and that purpose was a devilish purpose. You know, serving our own indulgences, serving ourselves usually, and it ended in pain somehow. You know, my life before this was not a good life, but my life before I knew Christ was not a good life. Um, I used to think I was free. I used to think I could, I could do what you want. You know, you think that's freedom, just to be able to do what you want. But actually what it led to was me being addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs and addicted to anything else just to keep me sane for one minute. But actually I was going insane, literally insane. And actually, that's not freedom. That's not what we think of free, that freedom is. That's actually being in bondage with deception. Um, and I'm reminded of Colossians 1, 13 to 14. It says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Isn't that awesome that he's rescued us and transferred us? He hasn't just rescued us, he's done something extra. He transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom. He bought us, he bought our freedom for us and he forgave our sins. I love this. You know, we were once bound in this kingdom called darkness and now we've been transferred to the kingdom of his son, a kingdom of light. And because God bought me, I now have the ability to live for him with a freedom from all those external things dominating me. You know, all those kind of crutches in life, you know, oh, trying to get through every day just by, just by taking something or doing something. That was my life. Remember, this is kind of where God's speaking to me about. Um, and you know what? I would rather have God take ownership of me than the enemy. I'd rather live consecrated to God than consecrated to the devil. I would rather live submitted and kneeled before God than live into the, the, the powers of darkness. You know, again, Pastor Annie shared this incredible part um, of Aaron um, from the book of Leviticus is where we can read it. And it's the ordination that Moses has to give him um, in Leviticus 8, 22 to 23. Um, it says that Moses presented the other ram, which was the ram of ordination. And now just to pause on this, this is a funny thing. Um, when I first became a Christian, I remember I, I didn't really know. I just, I was desperate for God. I, my life was a mess and I was just so hungry for God. Um, and I wasn't the best reader. I just bought myself a Bible and I used to sit in my room, my, my little room that I rented in a shed house. And I used to just read and read and read. And um, I was reading that without obviously any teaching. I just started at the beginning like you do any book, right? You start at the beginning not realising what the Bible really was. Um, and I started in Genesis and I thought, this is great. And then I started getting to these books in Leviticus and I started getting worried, thinking, what have I signed up for? Um, because there's some mad things that happen in this, <laughs> in this book. But I'm going to read one here. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the ram's head and Moses slaughtered it. Then Moses took some of its blood and applied, applied it to the, the lobe of Aaron's right ear, his right thumb on his right hand. 
and the big toe on his right foot. And um, do you know what? This is an incredible moment because what, like Pastor Andy, unpacked so beautifully, the right ear representing listening to God's voice. Yeah. You know, the right thumb doing the will of God, being a man of action and ready to go. You know, when I first read the Bible, I never knew this. I, I, I was just like, oh, we've got a slaughter land, you know, but that's not what it is. <laughs> that's not what it is. Big toe on the right foot, walking in God's ways and not our own. Isn't that beautiful that we have now being consecrated to God, the voice of God in our ears? Oh, I don't hear anything from God, but we do. Mm. We so do because his word is here and his word, as we read it, it speaks deep to our hearts. And then the voice of God speaks deep to our hearts doing the will of God. We have the privilege of doing the will of God. You know, not our burden, but it's an honour to be able to do the things of God. And now we don't have to walk in the ways of darkness. We can walk in the ways of light. The kingdom of light is now ours and there's a freedom in it. And we can now walk in all of God's ways. You know, my life, as I said before, was a complete mess. I never, ever, ever, ever dreamed that this could be my life. This is honest. God is a miraculous, life-giving God that changes things so powerfully, so amazingly that it's beyond your wildest dreams. And that was my life, going from a dark room, sitting by myself, a drunk, to having a family, having a life, having purpose, having vision. And this came from being consecrated to God, for me saying, God, I choose you. That doesn't sound like bondage, does it? It doesn't sound like I've lost anything. I've gained everything in Christ because in Christ is everything to gain. And so that really just, I just feel alive when Pastor Annie was speaking about this for me. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so um, <laughs> it's bringing to memory of um, when we first got married. Um, and when we first got married, we had um, no kids. And so sometimes I'd be like, to, <laughs> I'd say to Sean, I'd be like, come on, why don't we just spend our Saturday? Let's just spend the day praying and worshipping God. <laughs> and so I'd be like, like we're going to seek God this weekend. And in my head, we were just going to worship God. God was going to give us pictures. We were going to feel his presence. And it was going to be so amazing. And I remember many a time just standing there and I'd be like, Sean, Sean, what do you feel? And I'd hear this like rustling. And I'd turn around and Sean would have this massive concordance, this massive commentary, his Bible out. And he'd be like, well, I've just found out the original meaning in the Greek. And I'd get so frustrated because for me, my life was very much about feeling God. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to feel God's presence. But when um, Pastor Andy spoke about the all in message, mm. you know, being all in for God, I think the thing that came to me was, God, have I submitted my feelings to you? Mm. Am I all in with my feelings? Good. Because when Sean would um, do that and quickly the worship morning or afternoon whatever the worship day would stop because I'd be so annoyed (laughs) I'd be thinking we're meant to be feeling God's presence not studying theology but (laughs) it makes me laugh but it just makes me think about you know how it's so so important Mm. that God's word always comes before our feelings yes good and when we're all in with God it's making a decision to say do you know what God you come first before my feelings. Yeah. And the thing I think I've learned the most is that like, my feelings aren't always wrong. God can definitely speak to us through our feelings. However, 
he also yeah. wants us to be um, go deeper with his word. Yeah, that's he really wants good. us to be a point where our feelings line up with his word. Yeah. Our devotion to God should never be based on how we feel. It's, you know, making a point of saying, God, my feelings are your Lord, are yours, Lord. When I feel good, my feelings are yours. Yeah. When I feel sad, Lord, my day is still yours. Mm. No matter how we are on our, in our emotions, that we, lay, we always lay them down before God. And there's a verse in um, Psalm 43, verse 5, where it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within mm. me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. And I think it's about, you know, taking authority over our feelings, taking authority and saying, I don't feel good today, but you're still worthy of my praise. Lord, I'm struggling at the moment, but you're still worthy of my praise. Yeah. Because being all in is not dependent on feelings. Yeah. And I think really we have to get to a point that where we where we realise that that I know sometimes people can be struggling with life and things that are going on. So for them, it means I need to take a step back from God. Mm. No, when we're all in, it means that no matter what's going yeah. on, God, I'm all in in for you that's really good and that all-in message was oh it was so good because it just made me realize that I never want to be half-hearted no. in my walk with God I want to be fully yeah. fully stepping in to the purposes and plans of God for my life and it makes me think of you know let's be real the world actually loves people that are all in yeah. You meet someone it's who true. says, oh, I got up at five o'clock this morning, you know, just to get fit. You know, I was doing some workouts. Then I went to the gym. I went for a run in the evening. The world collapsed for them. <laughs> like, well done. Then you meet like university students and they're like, oh, do you know what? I'm so busy. I've been at the library for the last 24 hours just <laughs> studying and studying and studying. Everyone claps for them. Wow. And then you meet a Christian. And they say, do you know what? I've just spent the weekend in the presence of God. And everyone's like, oh, you're a bit <laughs> radical. Oh, you're, you're doing too much. But do you know what? It's like, I do want to be radical for Jesus. I do want to be caught up in saying yeah. that, God, if I'm going to be awakened, if I'm going to be set apart, if I'm going to make a decision to be all in for you, I mean it. Yeah. I'm not going to give my life to other things. I'm going to give my life to you and you alone. That's really good. We get to a point where we say, do you know what? The applause of man, people clapping because you go to the gym, people clapping because you're studying your books. But then there's no claps when you're living for God. Yeah. But that's OK, because we don't live for the applause of man. That's it, yeah. We live for God. Yeah, we absolutely. live for God's will to be done in our lives. That's and really I feel good. like for me, that's where where it got got me to. Like, actually, I'm 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 grateful to God that I spend time in his word yeah, I'm yeah. not going to be ashamed of that mm. I'm not going to be ashamed that my life is the Lord's and not my own it's something really that I will boast in the goodness of God that's awesome yeah isn't it great all in yeah and um I'm reminded of that scripture where Paul says I'm not here to please man yeah if I was I wouldn't be a servant of Christ and being all in isn't here we're not here to please people as much as we're here to love people, we're not here to please people. We're not here for the applaud of people. We're here for the applause of our Heavenly Father and to serve Him. And I love that. All in 
as I share in a minute for me, it's just something my life is. I'm, you know, it's just the way I am. But um, I just want to share from Romans 12, 1 and 2, which it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's so much truth and so much goodness in that two verses there. But the first thing is it is our reasonable service to offer ourselves to God. And what is that? To present ourselves as a living sacrifice, you know, not a burnt sacrifice, not a sleepy sacrifice, not a, a sacrifice that's not moving, but a living one. That one that's alive, but completely in submission to God. Um, again, it's not our unreasonable service. It's not like, oh, that's unreasonable, God. When you think in all that he's done for us, you know, it's actually a reasonable service. And we need to get our minds renewed by allowing the word of God to transform us. Then we'll start to understand the will of God. You know, there's so much truth in there. I don't know what God's doing for me. I don't know what the will of God is. Well, as we start to renew our minds according to the word of God, you will start to know the will of God. You'll start to have the father's heart inside of you. But it comes from that place, like Pastor only said, of submission. When we're all in, it requires us to be submitted. Um, and James 4, 7 says this, therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Again, there's so much goodness in that one verse there. As we submit to God and resist the devil, he will flee from your life. Um, and the thought that came to my mind in this as I was digesting this is if there's things in our lives that don't shift, maybe is there a problem with my submitting to God? Is there a problem with the area of my life in submission to God? And one of this, I mean, it's probably quite a common thing in people's lives, but the, the finances in life. If you're struggling, struggling financially, have you submitted that area of your life to God? You know, do you tithe? Do we tithe? Do we obey God with what he's trusted with us? Because I think these are requirements, you know. If we look at our life and go, actually, um, I'm seeing no financial gain here, God. I'm not seeing any financial help. It's, it's, it's just looking a mess. But actually, I'm doing nothing with the submission of that area of my life to the, to the things of God, can we really expect to see God move in that area? Um, and again, these are things to look at in my own life, the mirror of my own life. All of this is my personal digesting, trying to look at my own world and go, God, is there areas of my life where I'm not submitted to you? How can I expect him to move in that area if I'm not? Um, honest questions, aren't they? Am I really all in when it comes to submission? Again, these are just questions that I keep speaking to myself because I don't, I am an all in person and I want my life to be completely submitted to the Lord. So if there's an area that I see as not moving, not shifting, or the enemy's got a foothold, I think, actually, Lord, I need to submit to you in that area. You know, yeah. Pastor Annie always gives an incredible picture of, of, of the pizza of our life and we can't just submit in one slice. We have to submit in the whole thing, right? If we want to see God move in the whole thing. But God's not a God that's forceful. He's a God that requires us to come to him and submit to him. And this is the journey of our lives, right? That's why I've loved the start of this year so much. It's been some real good personal reflections and a, and a shaking up to, to, to get ready. Um, like Paula said, being all in means submitting even when it's hard and you don't feel like it because that's what's required, right? It's not just about our feelings. It's about beyond that. Our feelings need to line up with the word of God. We don't adjust the word of God to line up with our feelings. That, that's not right. That's not how it works. Um, and when it comes to submission, even in a difficult time, I'm always reminded of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, when we see this 
point of Jesus where he's just like his human nature is right there. And it's in Luke 22, 42. And it's the moment before he knows what's going to happen. You know, it's one thing to, to have to go and, and, and to, 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 for that to happen. But it's another thing knowing it's going to happen. And you know you've got to go through with it um, to, to be crucified. But not just that, to, to have your life, everything. You know, he was ridiculed. He was whipped. He was um, just, just totally abused in that moment. Um, and in, as I said, Luke 22, 41 to 42, it says this. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, so this is Jesus praying now, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. You know, this is him saying, if this, if this is your will, can you take this away from me? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Complete submission to the Father, regardless, regardless of what he had to go through. Um, and I loved that. He was sold out. He was all in for the cause of us. Yeah. And I have always been an all-in or nothing person, just like Pastor Annie said those incredible funny stories about how he was so all-in. If you can sell me, and I'm sure people will agree with me who have been around me, if you can sell me the vision, if you can kind of get me on board, I'll be the best because I'm just 100%. I'm, I'm a bit carried away with it. I'm, I'm so all-in that I'll sit there researching in my outside of hours time. I'll sit there, be researching. I'll give my time, my energy 100% because that's my personality. When I'm on board, I am on board and I'm ready and I'm ready to go. And when it comes to being all in for Jesus, he's won my heart, you know, and actually has completely changed my world. As I said earlier, I'm all in when it comes to serving his purposes and submitting to his will. You know, from what I see, I, you know, if there's areas, Lord, that I, I don't know where I'm submitted, then, then let me get in that place. But when the areas that I know and I can see, I am all in. I am ready for this. Jesus was all in for me. How can I not be all in for him? Yeah. Right? How can I not be? If he went through that brutal death so that I could be transferred into the kingdom of it, the son that he loves, into the kingdom of light, how can I not be all in for him now? Isn't it? That's yeah. so good. I love that when you said about, you know, he's won your heart. Yeah. And it's true. I think we're just two people here. Jesus has literally won our hearts. And it's yeah. like once you experience him, as I said before, once you taste and see that the Lord is good, how can you go back? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's and, true. And um, last week we spoke about serving God, about being used by God, being able to serve God and serve people that we're saved to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God, yeah. that God wants to use our life. And good. the fact that, you know, as you journey through these messages, and please remember, if you haven't heard any of these messages, yeah. you can go back online Definitely. and um, have a listen to all of them. And I'd really encourage you yeah. to do so. But I feel like after I'd heard those messages, I'm like, okay, God, I've given you everything. I've got <laughs> nothing else to live for. So of course I'm excited about being used by you. Yeah. But the beauty of it is that we don't have to do it in our own strength. Really good, and I yeah. think hearing last week's message, one of the things that in my life, being 100% honest, that I think I've really battled with has always been fear, has always been, oh, God, I don't think I can do it. Oh, I, and not trusting that God's with me. Mm. And I think um, over this last month, it's one of the things God's really just broken like literally snapped from it's me good. saying Paula will you take me at my words from now on will you stop like <laughs> basking in fear and the what ifs and will you just take me at my word and believe the word of God believe it wholeheartedly and I've made a decision um that this year and for the rest of my days that's what I want to do yeah. wholeheartedly believe in the word of God and 
I think really for good. me, I'm hearing um, last week's message. It was that realisation that we don't have to do it in our own strength. Yeah. That God's saying, I want to use you, but I will also go with you. Yeah, I'm not really going to let you do it alone. And it made me think of in the Bible, there's countless, countless, countless um, stories and accounts of where um, God calls someone and they're like, but I can't, Lord, but I can't. And he says... <laughs> Hello, I'm going to be with you. It's good. And in Judges chapter six, it's when, when God calls Gideon. And Gideon says, but how can I save Israel? And the Lord answers, I will be with you. Amen. Then you've got in Joshua, um, the Lord says to Joshua, no one. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. And then he carries on to say in verse 9 of Joshua 1. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mm. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, Lord, yes, you're going to be with me. So no, what, no matter what you ask me to do, yeah. whatever he calls all of us to do, and we're all called to different things. But let's take up our cross and say, God, yes, yeah, I'm willing to walk the walk that you have for me. I'm willing to take your hand and go on this adventure with you and see what you have for me. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's not just the Old Testament. The classic verse in Matthew 28, when Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all mm. nations. He goes back to baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say to them and be sure of this. Be sure. Know it deep within in your heart. I am with you always, yeah. even to the end of age. He really makes good. it clear. Yeah, yeah, it's he good. makes it so clear. He's going to be with us. It's really good. And so yeah. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, yeah. Lord, that you're going to be with us. And just to encourage anyone that, do you know what? Don't let fear stop God using yeah. your life. Don't let fear stop it. Just make a decision. God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to trust that you'll always be with me. That's really good, Paul. Really powerful, isn't it? That God actually does go with us. It's not, not about us doing it in our own strength. Otherwise, we would fail, literally, every time. But it's actually his hand upon our lives. It's the, the new life that we now have in him. And it causes us to go with great courage and trust. You know, I'm reminded, just as you said, of Peter, the life of Peter. You know, before he had the Holy Spirit that come upon him, he was there loving God with his feelings and his emotions and every part of his soul nature. But when it came down to it, fear gripped him and he denied Jesus. And Jesus even knew this and, and, and he kind of walked away. But then the Holy Spirit comes upon him later on, as we read in the book of Acts. And he's the same Peter, but now with a transformed inner man. And he's preaching the gospel and then thousands are being brought into the new kingdom of light. And I just think, wow, it's so powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's the truth. We're not doing this on our own. We're not being used by God in our own strength. It's the drawing of the Holy Spirit and, and walking in that. And uh, just to add to this, just to encourage as well, Ephesians 2.10 uh, says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we know we're created for good works. We know that God wants to use us. And it says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, I, I, the life I had before, I never wanted to do good works. It wasn't in me. I wasn't a good person. But when I met Jesus, my life was changed. I was transformed and I was drawn to want to do the works of God. 
you know, and like you say, sometimes there's fear, but do you know what? God's greater than fear. Yeah. Sometimes you can be frightened, but God's so much more than that. Do I allow fear to overcome me or do I allow God to overcome the fear? It's a really good thought, isn't it? Because God's bigger than fear. God's much bigger than anything. Um, And again, I'm just reminded um, on this subject of being used by God about doing works, about working for God. Of actually James 2, 14 to 18, which is it says, what does it profit? My brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give him the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? That's also faith by itself. If it, is, um, if it does not have works, it is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I love what James says, is, I will show you my faith by my works. Yeah. See, it's the faith, our relationship with God that causes this um, explosion of wanting to work with God, to go for God, to do things for God. Um, the minute I became a Christian, the minute my life became um, alive to God, I just was in love with him and I was reading the word and I was wanting to go and be used by him to do those things. You know, again, like I said, I, I'm an all in person. And so for me, the first week I was on outreach and then I was in life connect groups and I was at this and at that. And I was trying to just be involved, not because of, oh, it's the religious thing to do, but because my life was so consumed with him that now it was the outworking of what was in me. I'm like, God, use me for your glory. Um, And when we have a life that wants to grow close to God through relationship, the good things, the good works and and, and being used by God will result. As we read the word, faith is grown. As the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, and the more we read, the greater our faith will grow, our greater our relationship will, will grow with God and the more the desire to go and do the works. And actually, fear will be crushed in that season, you know. Fear will, will as you grow closer to God and less of you and more of him, actually fear becomes less because the desire to want to please your heavenly father is much greater than the desire to please man and self. So, yeah, I just feel so encouraged for this season to be used by God, but also for this word as well, that in this last month, we have developed a momentum. I really felt God saying this to me, like really feel like this has been the best start to a year that I think I can remember. For me personally, spiritually, I feel like there's been a momentum that has been developed that's so strong that I'm just now saying, God, I'm not going to stop this momentum. I'm not going to allow these last four weeks just to be a ticked box and for me to just move on with my life. No, 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 God, don't let me do that. Let this momentum grow. You know, I'm reminded like a snowball as it develops over a hill and rolls down. It grows, doesn't it? It picks up more traction, more snow, and it becomes bigger and bigger. And I want the end of this year to be bigger than what it was at the start of the year. I want my momentum and my spiritual growth to be stronger I want it to be developed. And I pray that for everyone. I pray that for us as a family and, and everyone listening that actually don't let, let's not let go of this momentum we've got, church. We've got an incredible start. Let's keep it going. Let's take times to pause, but let's keep growing in the word. Yeah. Yeah. So good. It's just, uh, as Sean said, it's just been amazing just to really chew over these words. And I just want to encourage you, church, that you know what? Maybe it's kind of something new. You know, it's so easy to listen to a message and then just get on with our day. Mm. But just to encourage us, like, let's begin to pause. Let's listen to our Sunday messages and begin to say, God, what do you want me to take away from that? How can I apply that to my life? And 
you know, as we just come to a close, I just, I'm just so well overwhelmed by the goodness of God, mm. by his presence, by his faithfulness, by his ability to fill us up to the point of overflowing. Yeah. But I'm just thinking if there's anyone here um, this morning, anyone listening or anyone's listening to the um the replay of this and you know the bible says what good is it to gain the world but lose your soul yeah what good is it to you know gain everything that this world has to offer but in your heart in your soul you're broken yeah you've got you've got no purpose and most importantly you don't have jesus Mm. and jesus changed our lives yeah he transformed our lives and that's why we are so passionate and are like for the rest of our days lord we will tell people about yeah, your love good. and Come your on. grace and your ability to transform every single life yeah it doesn't matter if life's bad for you or if life's good for you you still need jesus yeah. we all need jesus so i just want to pray this morning and After I pray, why don't you say amen if you're in agreement with this and you want to give your life to the Lord today? So, Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, we come before you knowing that you sent your son Jesus to die for our sins. And Father, we ask you to forgive us for every wrong thing. Forgive us for all of our sins. And this morning we make a decision, Lord that we want you. We give you our lives, Lord, and say, make us new. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. And today, Lord, we commit to living a life that honours you and a life that says that we will live for you, Lord. Father, I pray for every life right now that you'll just fill them. Mm. Fill them completely with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Mm. Take away, take away everything, Father God, everything that doesn't glorify you, Lord, and fill them up in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, awesome. So, if you responded and you were in agreement with that prayer and maybe you want to get in contact with us, you can visit the website at family.church and um, you can send an email into us from the website and we can get connected with you and um, maybe get you in a connect group or we'll just talk to you about the incredible journey that has just begun in your life. But um, for us, that's it. We hope you've enjoyed uh, this morning. Again, um, stay connected. Let's remember connect groups and everything else that we hold throughout the week. But um, from us, Thanks for listening, church. Take care.